When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, hello, Holly. Hi, Dave. How are you today? Well, I just realized I'm pretty sugared up right now. Good. So today's show is sponsored by Randy's Donuts, <laughs> world famous since 1962. So, yes, and in addition, two cups of coffee, yeah. and yeah. So I can't vouch for my behavior I'm today. I can't. I can't. Trying to hype us all up for yes. this thing. <laughs> you are you feeling it? I, I'm, yes, and you I'm and hoping, your fruit filled donut. Oh, I love the fruit filled donuts. Uh, all right. Well, that's too bad. Thanks for bringing uh, the glazed and the chocolate. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, hopefully, uh, we can get Randy's as a sponsor. Oh. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? Oh. We could talk about Randy's all the time. That's a great idea. And for those of you who don't know Randy's Donuts, if you've ever flown into Los Angeles before, it's the big donut. You can, I think you can see it. You can. Maybe as you're flying in or as you're driving to the airport, you can see it. It's the, the huge... Probably. Donut. Yeah. We'll post a picture of it. Okay. If you've ever watched The Simpsons and you see <laughs> Lard Boy Donuts, that's an homage to Randy's Donuts. Did you not know that? <laughs> everything I, I wasn't t- going to say it. You didn't have to say it out loud. Well, your face shows everything. I have to explain because this is a podcast. and <laughs> I know. I didn't you want had it a to be look said, of like, thanks. You had a look of, a, what? Your head exploded. You got to put that head back together and let's start with the podcast. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm ready. You? I am ready. Um, so wh- wh- where are we? What's going on? <laughs> okay, I I love 1983 more every week as we get further to number one. 1983 was an awesome year for yeah. music. I, I agree. We review 1983 by reviewing K-Rock. Uh, it's a radio station in Los Angeles. Every year they put out their 106.7 top songs of the year. And we are currently in 1983. We've been counting them down in 10 sunk. 10 song chunks and uh, we are currently at number 40 they made two lists actually there was one in 1983 and now there was one in the 2010s they put together reflecting on 1983 so still a chart from 1983 the original list was 106.7 songs because that's their frequency but the current list when they put their hd2 station on the air they pared it down to 80 songs for some odd reason so that leaves out 26.7 songs. So, you know, when you have a song like The Dog Boat, apparently that's uh, no longer (laughs) relevant. That was the 106.7 song from 1983. Or Acceleration. 
yeah, from there, last week? There were a number of songs that were left off. There is one song left off this list, and it's... <gasps> is it uh, going to be obvious? It's not obvious, but once we explain what's going on in 1983, it'll make sense why this one song was left off. Oh, I think I already know. Do you? I think I do. Well, okay. I'm probably wrong because okay. that's so part for the course. I'm not going to say anything, but you will, you know, you could interject and say, this is the song. Okay. <laughs> and I will say yay or nay. I will. Okay. okay. You have one choice. Do I only get one guess? You you get one guess. So if I get it wrong, if I guess, if I guess the wrong song, I don't, I'm, I'm done. I'm you off done. the show. Yeah, exactly. I'm off the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That's how You're that works. You're going to find yourself a new partner. Yeah. That's how it works. Okay. Sorry. Is this, a, this is a reality show now, right? Is this what we're playing? <laughs> okay, that would be fun. Stakes are high. Can okay. I kick you off for any reason? Oh, always. I'm going to get my donuts. Yeah, that's right. Okay, we're up to number 40. We are. Yeah, so this is nice. Uh, what uh, What do we got at number 40? I love, you know, you can just insert this for every single song from here on out. This is uh, China from Red Rockers. Yes, the Red Rockers, not Sammy Hagar. No, not Sammy Hagar. The Red Rocker. He is the Red Rocker, but these are Red Rockers. Red Rockers. Yes. Are they your favorite That's red band? Who else would you like? I like Simply Red. Simply Red's good. What about the Red Hot Chili Peppers? I like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Okay. Mm. How about you? Do you have a favorite red band? I like uh, Helen Red E. <laughs> good one. That was a, a push. Uh, also, is, uh, is Maroon a red color? I think Maroon is in the Red Family. Okay, so Maroon 5. Good one. Yeah. Oh, that's one of your favorites? No, not at all. But <laughs> I thought of you're Maroon. You're projecting. Yeah, no. Okay, so Red Rockers, as opposed, not Sammy Hagar, Red Rockers from China. They're not from China. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm confused. Okay. <laughs> that's so, a good guess, though. All right, so tell me about Red Rockers. Red Rockers. They, uh, they didn't last very long, did they? No, they. Uh, this was a Had, band that was originally... A punk band. Mm-hmm. From from my little bit of research here. Did you listen to the B side of China? No. What's on the B side? It's called Voice of America. It's pretty punkish, unlike China. Although China did appear on the the mainstream rock chart as well, which we've t- been talked about with some of the other songs, a few, a handful of other songs. Um, got to number fifty three on the Billboard Hot one hundred, but nineteen on the mainstream rock chart, and I can hear that. I, I love the song, and of course, it makes me think of K Rock. But I can hear how it's a little mainstream. So I didn't know they had that punk edge. Yeah, nineteen eighty three was kind of a year where where kind of punk broke, or you know, like <laughs> suddenly yeah. I think suddenly labels started to realize, hey, this punk band has some commercial possibilities. Yep. Maybe they can uh, we can translate this into a, a, a big hit. You know, someone like The Cure suddenly goes from goth to uh, to doing like a, a mainstream Don't song. Say pop. Okay. Well, it was. These were pop songs now. <laughs> I don't want to call it pop. I, I prefer it. Well, in 1983, these were pop songs. It's, it's an exciting Fine. time. It's an exciting... There were, there's a number of songs we're going to talk about here that made the pop charts. Yes. Yeah. In this 10 song, song chunk. <laughs> but can we still refer to The Cure as goth pop? Whatever you want to call it. Okay. I saw a review on one of the websites. Uh-huh. It, it called this... A far cry from Clash-influenced, politically-minded, hardcore punk of the Red Rockers' early days, China is a brilliant jangle rocker. I really like that term. Jangle rocker featuring a soaring, unforgettable chorus and one of the great lead guitar riffs of its era. John Griffith sings the elliptically 
romantic lyrics with the winsome grace of a closet raspberries fan. And the song as a whole sounds like the missing link between the Paisley Underground and the Athens art pop scene of the early 80s. Well, that sounds right on because when you hear jangly, every time I hear jangly, that was always used to describe R.E.M. Really? Oh, yeah. Every every song. And then, of course, I think jangly, I think of the Bengals. And (laughs) they were also a a pop pop band. With those tingy, that... that Paisley Park kind of thing, yeah. Funnily enough, uh, David Kahn was the producer of the of China. Also produced the Bengals' Different Light. He did a lot of uh, different uh, artists. A lot of my favorites: Bengals, Regina Spector, mm. Sean Colvin, Katie Lang, Lana Del Rey, Paul McCartney. You know, he was a pop producer, and Red Rockers were happy to uh, to change their sound apparently to uh, to make a big hit. Did you like the song then, and do you like it now? Yeah, it's still a very good song. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Are you a, obviously you're not a Springfield fan, a, 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 um, a Simpsons it's, fan. I mean, since you didn't know this little bit, but uh, what about South Park? Are you a South Park uh, not a, in recent aficionado? Years. Not, no, not aficionado. Oh, okay. This is something I'll probably post on our website, WDDIMpodcast.com. <laughs> That's right. Randy Marsh um, starts selling weed from from his Tegrity Farms, <laughs> and he made he's made three hundred thousand dollars. He's very excited about it. He's starting to sell to the to the Chinese, and he's on a float and he's singing the song China. Oh, on, uh, in this, okay, in this little blurb, it's uh, yeah, it's highly amusing. If you like South Park and if you like Randy Marsh, it's uh, it's. It's kind of a fun song. And you so, remember the song China. That yeah, really yeah, exactly. Era. Yeah, this, which is very fun. I mean, you know, obviously the, the creators of South Park are of our age, so they know the song China. I'm sure a lot of the kids that were watching South Park were like, is this an original song? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I hear that song, it makes me smile because I think of South Park. Now. That's funny. I'm going to watch the episode and I'm going to ask Sam if he recognizes the song because I think my son watches South oh, Park. Ask him about Tegrity Farms. I will. Oh, yeah. I've seen, I've seen he, some of those episodes. Yeah. So yeah, Randy made a T-shirt that said uh, "Integrity Farms made three hundred thousand dollars, and all I got was high." <laughs> so, I, and you can buy that T-shirt on uh, just Google it, and uh, if you want to buy, it, you can buy that shirt. I mean, another Maybe official you can sponsor buy, of our show. What difference does it make? Sponsored by Integrity Farms. <laughs> all, I think all these songs have moved up four spots. This one is currently uh, it was forty in nineteen eighty three, and now it's number thirty six. Okay. All right. Makes sense. But you shouldn't, well, I, I already know this is still on the chart. Oh, okay. So. That, that's right. Because you will interject immediately. Like, yes. this is the song. I'm going to say it immediately. Okay. We're at number 39. What do we got? <laughs> Sparks, cool places. And I am going to let you, I know you're a big Ron and Russell male fan. You're a fan of Sparks mm-hmm. and a fan of the brothers. And we're fans not only because they're brothers that get along, but because they make cool music. Yes. In cool places. In cool places. Give it to me. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I'm, all I wanted to do was, uh, it's a good time to mention that they have a new single out, Self-Effacing. Yay. They have a new <laughs> album coming out May 15th, A Steady Drip, Drip, Drip. And um, <laughs> this, I think this was, was their biggest hit. It actually made number 49 on the Billboard charts. And Jane Weedlin is is just as charming as, as can be on this video. Both of them are. She's They're always doing, charming as can be. As we talk punk to uh, to pop, this was her, I, I think it was a transition from, you know, she was a punker in the Go-Go's, you know, originally, <laughs> 79, 80, 81. I think she would agree with that. And then 
cool places. I mean, she's she's cleaned up <laughs> and she looks she's adorable with the little hat. She's dancing uh, with Russell together and they're talking about going to the cool places and staying up till 5 a.m. and doing it all over again. You watch the video and it's just makes you happy. Yeah, I did not know this. They say an early version of the song ended with Russell, Mail, and Jane Whitland firing the names of real-life cool places back and forth with each other, hitting all the high spots of local L.A. life. Like, like Randy's Donuts? Probably Randy's Donuts, but but uh, they they <laughs> scrapped the whole thing once the list reached Cantor's Deli. That's when we knew the idea was lame, they said. Which, <laughs> I don't know why, but uh, that's kind of cute. It could have been fun. Everything about this song is cute. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's cute. When I know. you talk about it, cute. This is cute. This is cute. Yeah, we talked about Randy and Randy's Donut. Randy Marsh, Randy's Donuts. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking cartoons. <laughs> this is on a, um, I saw this, and maybe I'll post this too, but I, I could barely watch it. The Chipmunks did a version of Cool Places for a video game, <laughs> and they're singing Cool Places, and it is not uh-huh. as adorable as, as uh, Sparks and Jane Wheatland. Might be kind of grating. It, a little bit. <laughs> I might still post it on the website. We'll see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think you should. Okay. You don't have to click on it if you don't want to, uh, but it'll be there. We'll see if you can last 10 seconds, maybe. <laughs> 10 minutes. As soon as, the, those song, as soon as those chipmunks come in, like, oh, oh my God. All right. So that was um, still amazing. And, uh, and still on the chart. Still, of course. Yes. Pro- moved up, I'm sure. Number 35, four okay. spots. Okay. All right, so now we move into number 38. And you can take this one away. <laughs> Our favorite goth pop band, The Cure. This is The Love Cats. The Love Cats. The, the Love, Love Cats. Cats. No, no, oh. no, oh, okay. no. 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 That was the dog boat. Yes. This is Love Cats. Yeah. I, you know, I, it's you, a pop song. Okay, it's a pop song. <laughs> okay. Fine, it's a pop song. Okay, good. We gotcha. <laughs> I'll I'll admit that, but I you know as loath as I am, but you know what Robert Smith says about it? He distanced himself from the song. He said he initially wrote it as a parody. He said the Love Cats is far from being my favorite song. Composed drunk, video filmed drunk, promotion made drunk. It was a joke. My heart is broken. And it was the band's first UK top ten hit. Mm-hmm. Number seven, correct. Nice pop hit. Yeah. Look at that. See? Okay. So well. what we've learned, it pays to be drunk. <laughs> yes, that's it, the direct connection. <laughs> and super talented. Yeah, oh, that too. And charming and great voice. And I don't know if I'm going to post this on the website, but uh, I gave a listen to Paul Inca's version of the song, which is on his Love Swings album. <laughs> <laughs> and it is as cheese ball as you would imagine. Paul Anka, if you're if you're listening to Paul Anka, you know what to expect. Yeah, I think in uh, yeah the eighty he was yeah he was probably one of the first ones to do that. I know uh, Pat Boone did uh, a metal uh, mm-hmm. cover songs. Swing became big. What was it in the, like the early like mid nineties? Oh, that, was, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was kind of uh, you know where people did swing versions of uh, popular songs. So maybe Paul Anko is one of the first to do it. Yeah. You probably should post it. All right. Well, we'll see how long you, you might last as long as the chipmunks on this one. I'd I'd give it a shot. Okay. Yeah. Give it a shot. Uh, So do you know what Lal Tolhurst, what instrument he played on this song? Well, he was the drummer. Mm -hmm. And then he was keyboardist. 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 Okay. So tambourine. Vibraphone. Vibraphone. Not marimbas. 
Not marimbas. Uh, too bad. It would have been a bigger hit if there were marimbas in there. <laughs> Could it have been? Could have been a bigger hit. <laughs> okay, so he played the vibraphone. What is the vibraphone? I was afraid you were going to ask me that. I know. See, you don't bring up something when you know I'm going to follow it up. What is a vibraphone? The vibraphone is a musical instrument in the <laughs> struck idiophone subfamily of the percussion family. It consists of tuned, tuned metal bars and is usually played by holding two or four soft mallets and striking the bars. People who play the vibraphone are called vibraphonists or vibra harpists. Okay. <laughs> so I will ask again, what is the vibraphone? Yeah, it's in the percussion family. Okay. So How like, about that? Like the marimba. Good enough? Yeah. Like the marimba, exactly. I'm trying to think of what that sound is on the Love Cats. We can, I'm sure we can Google it. Yeah. We can just <laughs> we, ask Siri. There you go. We will Google it and we'll figure out what the vibraphone is, what it sounds like. I'm sure it sounds a lot like the, like the marimbas. Let's see. Oh, wait. Kind of like a xylophone, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to uh, hum it along, but I do hear that sound in the in the Love Cat song. Yeah. So anyway, okay. So now we know what the vibraphone sounds like, and now we have a definition. Now Start we should learning. find out. You're what... going to learn. Let's bring it in, and you can learn how to play it, and then you could play the Love Cats on uh, on just our show. on the vibraphone. That's yeah. a great idea, okay. and then you can play the tambourine. I will be happy to play Additive. the tambourine. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so uh, yeah, this one also moved up four spots. It's now at number 34. Yay. Now we move up to number 37. This Yay. is another song that moved up four spots to 33. And what song is this? Yay! It is uh, from In Excess, The One Thing, from Shabu Shuba. This is one of your favorite bands, like The Cure. This is uh, this was their first charting single. I love the 80s. Have I said that recently? Okay. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Oh, I love Michael Hutchins. Okay. Oh, this is not this show is not an ode to Michael Hutchins. Okay. <laughs> you like them. I like them. Where does this song rank? We know I we already know how oh, much I like this album. Yeah, it's, but. it's a very good song. I watched the video. Did you watch the video? Uh I don't remember it. Okay. It's it's not so subtle innuendo. It's uh <laughs> it's not very subtle. It's the boys are at at a banquet. There's a woman who grabs two kumquats and kind of uh <laughs> Fondles them. Holds them around in her, in her palm. Um, there's uh, Michael Hutchins peeking between a woman's legs. And they're, okay. And then there's a woman engorging in this kumquat, which looks a little bit uh, like uh, female genitalia. I'm not, you know, possibly, who knows. But she's really enjoying this kumquat and enjoying this fruit. <laughs> Okay. And then, and then the boys are climbing all over the table and just engorging themselves in the food. And blah, blah, blah. it's, it's, uh, it's so they old, were really hungry. They were super hungry. Okay, <laughs> and then really enjoying the food. It's you know just an orgy of food is uh, is what's going on there, and they're you know just uh, enjoying themselves. Let's okay um, as Australians do apparently they really enjoy their food. Um, I guess I'll go back and watch it again. Oh sure, watch it and get a giggle. <laughs> Yeah, this is so crazy when you think about when you think about how big they became, because this song just hit the charts as they started their first tour of America. We've talked about this. We talked about this before, I think. Mm -hmm. They're still up and coming and everyone's watching them and not quite sure. Oh, well, these guys look kind of good. You know, it's, yeah. you know, they're playing in the daylight. So it's, you know, they're one of the, the first bands to play. And so they're, it's kind of an exciting time to see a, a band, band like that, that come right. up. I did not know this, but the S Festival, they earned an encore. Okay. How about that? 
So they were starting strong. Mm-hmm. Yes. Anything else you'd like to discuss about Michael Hutchins or the the rest of the no, band? No, I, I just have the the vision of the video in my head, and it's it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, things you missed when you were a kid, and then you see now, and go, "Oh my god, nah. this is." <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't want that vision right now. Please. Okay, rock stars have sex. I don't know if you knew this. I know it in theory, you know, and I know that it happens. Okay, but I don't need to picture it. Okay. This video, Tim Ferriss said in the book, you know, the book, I Want My MTV. He said, we fed Valium to a few cats and had them running around a table while we had a feast with sexy models and Playboy centerfolds ripping apart a turkey. Yeah. Next thing we knew, we had a top 40 hit in America. That's again, <laughs> alcohol, Valium. Food. I don't know what the cats represented, but apparently they were crawling around on the table. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you, you get the picture. Yeah, a little too vividly. If we don't take a break right now and have another donut, I'm just going to start chewing into the mic. What is your obsession with donuts? They're here. That's it. I'm oh. really not obsessed with donuts. They usually just sit like a rock in your stomach. These are so damn good, and they're just sitting here staring me in the eye. All right, all right. Take a break. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. All right, welcome back. All right, Holly. Thank I you. guess that means Holly's back too. Hang on, let me wipe my face. All Donut right. crumbs. Let's get started. All right, so now uh, we move up to number 36, The Romantics. It moves up four spots. It was number 36 in 1983. On their current list, it's at uh, number 32, Romantics Talking in Your Sleep, a number three top 10 hit. Their only top 10 hit they ever had. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah, they had a few. I mean, I, you know, what I like about you. Only made up to 49. Yeah, that's. I would have thought that one would have been yeah, they, uh, charted higher than this one. And the the follow-up single to Talking in Your Sleep, One in a Million, hit number 37. Mm-hmm. 
But um, yeah, this was the one that, that hit. And you know why? Why? Because sex it was the video. Bands walking yeah. around, stalking women. You know, these women are in lingerie. The romantics are being kind of creepy and just staring at them. <laughs> you know, they they do have the the standard. You know, the band is playing their instruments. You know, playing, and then uh, and then they'll cut away to them just kind of walking around these models in lingerie as they're talking in their sleep. They're standing up. They're in lingerie. They're sleeping, so they they don't realize that the romantics are right there. Super creepy. Oh, that's the catch. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so there was that works. Women in lingerie always works. <laughs> I think uh, Peter Wolf. Yeah. Next year for Centerfold that worked as well. <laughs> oh, you're giving it away. Uh, well, I yeah, I don't know if that'll be on the K Rock list, but uh, yeah. oh, anyway, I, I'm guessing it will be. But anyway, this was a uh, the the video which was played a lot on MTV. Yeah. Obviously, number three hit. That's all I have to say about that well, song. What what else do you have about the romantics? What oh, can I you just, tell me? I want to tell you something. Uh, Detroit scientific. Rockers. Oh, scientific. Oh, good. Do you know what the phenomenon of talking in your sleep is is called? Oh, please tell me. Somniloquy. I was not thinking of that word, but now I know. What were you thinking of? Not some somniloquy. Not that. <laughs> this is it, some somniloquy is related to the same stage of sleep that produces REM. Okay. REM sleep. <laughs> do you talk in your sleep? Do you know anyone? Has you have you been told anything like that? No. Have you? No, but um Are you a somniloquist? No, I <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I always oh, think don't... about no, I I'm thinking about now I'm thinking about the uh the, <laughs> the I Love Lucy episode. Oh. Where <laughs> where Ricky pretended to talk in his sleep. That it was the gossiping episode. Did I you? don't remember. I've, I've seen a lot of it. I've seen a lot of I Love Lucy in my day. Okay, and it, what does he say? Well, he was. They were talking about um, the women like to gossip, and so the men took a bet, saying that we bet you guys can gossip. But the women said, "Well, the guys gossip just as much." Ricky, Ricky Ricardo, came up with the idea of like, "Oh, when we're when we're sleeping, we'll talk about like a, a fake, <laughs> a fake rumor." What was it? it was Grace Foster and the Milkman were having an affair or something, something like that? I in think order that, to what? In order to get the the women? Yeah. To so gossip? the women were hearing uh, like, "What about Grace Foster? Tell me about it." <laughs> so, but Ricky was asleep, and then there was a whole controversy saying, "Well, you weren't actually asleep, so you were gossiping." So you, but it's like, but it wasn't true, so it's not gossiping. But you thought it was true. It was a whole oh, it was a whole mess. It so, was a whole Lucy and Ricky mess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I remember. Uh, you should post your the sleep. clip. You, can you post the clip? Is it, is it Maybe. public domain? Can you post? Uh... Uh, if it's on there, I will post it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. Some things stick in your head forever. Yeah. Crazy. All right. Um, so that's uh, The Romantics Talking in Your Sleep is now number 32. That will take us to number 35, Barbie and the Kens, Just a Gigolo. Yeah. Isn't that funny? You, go ahead. What, did what, you remember what, this song? Oh, Yeah. I couldn't get the the David Lee Roth version out of my head. Of course. And I couldn't remember it. And of course, then I played it and I thought, oh, yeah, I, of course I remember this song. Yeah. It's like the B-52s meets Devo. Yeah. Maybe a little more hardcore. Well, this the the guy behind this, um, his name is Bobby O, short for Orlando. Um, he's he's the guy who created like this different, this type of sound. High energy. Actually, it was high energy music. He created um, a few things, kind of like before there was Apollonia Six and or Vanity Six. He had this band called the Flirts. They were yeah. like these three three women. You know, they sang his songs, 
And actually, it caught the attention of the Pet Shop Boys. Yeah, they said they were obsessed with uh, with Orlando's sound and production, especially the song Passion by the Flirts. And so he produced um, some early Pet Shop Boys, including the original West End Girls and One More Chance. And Wait, you say the original West End Girls? Yeah, I think they re-recorded it. But, the, you know, they did uh, they did Opportunities and... Um, no way! He yeah. produced the, this guy produced those songs. I think it. I think it was the original version. As I'm looking at this, because it does say the original version. It says uh, Orlando decided to produce a Pet Shop Boys album and release their earliest 12 inches, including the original West End Girls and One More Chance. Orlando and the Pet Shop Boys recorded 12 tracks together, including the original It's a Sin, Opportunities in parentheses. Let's make a lot of money. <laughs> this was a guy who mostly known for his production work. I wonder if he'll be uh, if we'll. We'll recognize any of his sound when we go see the Pet Shop Boys in October. Well, hopefully. I mean, that's New Order Pet Shop Boys. That was just announced. And so we're hoping to uh, to go to that show. So and, many shows. Yes. <laughs> well, what are your thoughts on this? I like the song. <laughs> I think it has great energy. Okay. I didn't know he was such a prolific producer. Yeah, I, I know. You, you, see a, you see a thing like uh, Barbie, you know, just a gigolo by Barbie and the Cans. Yeah. You think this is a one-hit wonder and, you know, never heard from again. But uh Oh, this guy, uh, he had a sound yeah. that he helped create. And I do think this one stayed on the list. It did, yes. Yeah, yeah. this one also moved up four spots, too. And so it's at, uh, oh, number 31. He also worked with uh, Divine. The, oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. He, I think they created uh, a couple singles. So, yeah, I mean, it's just just a fun, fun song. And so it's just a juggalo. The Flirts. Okay, I hope you're going yeah. to. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll post the, the Flirts' uh, Passion. So just so you get a taste of that song, you'll see it and you'll go. I, actually, I think they were all in, in lingerie as well. Was it the same? Oh, <laughs> because that was the because the yeah, that's what you do. The, is it the same flirt as the flirts that we know? Is it jukebox? Don't yeah. put another is it dime the in the jukebox. Is it the same flirts? It is the same flirts. Okay. Okay. Oh, the, the song that it, yeah, because last year, 1982, we talked yeah. about that song. I didn't. But, I completely forgot that the flirts are part of. Or don't put another dime in the jukebox. I saw that when I was, you know, when I was looking Actually, for info about Actually, it's called jukebox, them. parentheses, don't put another dime. Another parentheses song. Um, now we move up to number 34. This is Elvis Costello's Every Day I Write the Book. Uh, and this sounds unlike 1983 at all. When I first heard this song, like when I first saw this, like, oh, and from what Freddie Snakeskin had told us, like this doesn't sound like this isn't a mm-hmm. 1983 song. It's kind of a timeless song. Yeah, so it uh, could go uh, anywhere. Yeah, I was really surprised that this was on the list. It uh, this was uh, Elvis's first charting single, number 36. A former punk who's going for a pop hit. Yeah, uh, once again, um, and, and this kind of this worked for him. I think this was uh, for a lot of people. This was their first exposure to Elvis Costello. Yeah, I, I think it was. It yours? No. Yeah. What was yours? Uh, well, I was, well, it was him on uh, Saturday Night Live. He was playing a song. I can't remember what. Uh, I think he was playing Less Than Zero. Then he, he's like, ladies and gentlemen, there's no reason for me to play this. And then he went into Radio Radio. Yes. I'm like, oh, my God, that's great. Good choice, Elvis. Yeah, yeah exactly. it was Less Than Zero. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he said, he, said uh, he, he was a regular on the UK charts since his first, you know, his 1977 release. But American singles were not his priority. Yeah. And they say he he sabotaged his 1977 SNL performance by performing Radio Radio instead of the presumptive hit Less Than Zero. I love that. Yeah. I do remember, actually, I do remember watching um, 
with my dad. We watched SCTV together. Um, and there was an Elvis Costello commercial that came on for an album. And my dad thought it was a parody and he started laughing. <laughs> and I was like, I, um, then, then like the legitimate, like Elvis Costello's uh, new album is out now. Like, what oh, was it that, that he was thought out. it was a, a, well, you don't, you know, he's got the glass. He's, Nerdy. Oh, I thought you meant because of the music, the music he was playing. I know. No, I, I think I think it was the look because he maybe he thought it was Eugene Levy or something because you know he had the he had the glasses. It could have been, and he has you know he kind of, the way he struts up to a song. You know, it's, it's yeah. kind of a. I could see where my dad like exaggerated. Yeah, I think my dad. I could see where he would get confused about that. <laughs> but that, those were my through SCTV, uh, you know, commercial and through uh, Saturday Night Live. That's how I learned about Elvis. Well, however you get exposed, right? Exactly. He says he wrote it for a joke, this song. He said he didn't put much thought into it, and he said, but that's often the way to write a hit record. And jangly, speaking of jangly, he said, we had a group on the road with us that was trying to write these very self-conscious, pop, jangly kinds of songs. 1983, jangly. Jangly, that's the word of the word of the year. That's for people who are big fans of this song to hear that he wrote it as a joke, though. I think that's kind of... uh, Uh, It might have been a joke, but musically, it's brilliant. Well, really is. I think what makes it is are the backup singers actually because mm-hmm. they remind me of of the Pips in a way, or just the way they they interject into totally. and just support the song. I love that. I love the piano melody, mm-hmm. which kind of reminds me of possibly a typewriter. Diggy 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 diggy. So that's I hear the typewriter in the in that I, chapter one. We didn't get along. <laughs> chapter two. I think I fell in love with you. It's good. You, you know, can see how this became a hit. Yeah, fell in love with, yeah. So throwaway lyrics, whatever, still brilliant. And this song, uh, it's timeless. Esquire called this the most intellectually satisfying pop song ever written. Ever. Ever. And they wrote that in 1983. Yeah. Oh, so probably. that was only, you know. Yeah, but still. Yeah, but I pop agree. songs have been being written for a long time. Did you see, he said, he said uh, he wanted to write songs as good as Nick Lowe since he was 17. And uh, he admitted, every day I write the book is a knockoff of Nick's When I Write the Book, with a little Rogers and Hart thrown in. I can accept that. Yeah. He's describing his own music, so yeah, we have to go with that. All right. So this, uh, since you have not interjected. Oh, please. I of will, course this is on the list. It is. It's number 30. <laughs> Even uh, though, as we say, it's not, you know, typical 1983. It's absolutely on the list. Yes. Still on the K-Rock list. Yeah. Okay. So now we're up to 33. This is our first song with Culture Club. Miss Me Blind. This was the third single from their Colored by Numbers album. Mm-hmm. Peaked at number five on the charts in 1984. It was their sixth consecutive top ten hit. Culture Club were the Beatles. I mean, or you know, it was <laughs> at this time <laughs> every song they they hit. It was you know they were oh, the Justin yeah. Bieber, they were the Ariana Grande. They you know just everything they put out became. A, it became a hit. Everything they touched turned to gold. Exactly. Everything he touched turned to gold. Yeah, exactly. And this also, I think, timeless quality to it. Yeah. I mean, you know, both of these, after, you know, I like wrote that about Elvis, and then the next song was Culture Club Miss Me Blind. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he's Smokey Robinson. He's, you know, he's yeah. got this voice. It's just amazing. Um, and it didn't sound like 1983. I, listening to it mm-hmm. yesterday, yeah. still timeless. Still uh, an amazing song. Or, you know, like they... Yeah. They, they were on a roll right there. It's so funny you talk about his vi- his voice being so smooth like Smokey Robinson, but it's funny because his speaking voice is actually kind of you know deep, a little a little gravelly. I think now it is. Yeah, back then I don't know. Drugs are a bitch. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's what I hear. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's funny that it was friends with Malcolm McLaren. Mm-hmm. You know that, that Malcolm McLaren had, you know, hatched a plan to have Boy George join the band, either as a, play, a replacement for Annabella or to add him as a singer. Right. I didn't know this. He was going to perform as Lieutenant Lush. That could have been fun for him. Yeah. What did you think of Boy George, George when you first saw him? Oh, the coolest. I mean, you're, you you're, so. you kind of transfixed, you know, by his by his whole look. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I guess transfixed. Yeah, because I was like, all right. I mean, yeah. You mean you couldn't figure him out? Yeah, for the life of me, I couldn't figure him out, which was, I guess was even more intriguing. Like, where does this guy come from? Yeah, here's, yeah well, we didn't see anything like that. And now, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, times have changed. Back in 1983, he came in second place in the male and female best dressed categories in a, a new music, uh, an enemy readers poll. Makes sense. Yeah. What is crazy about Culture Club? This is the first time we're mentioning Culture Club. Yeah, um, hard to believe. Spoiler alert, though. Uh-oh. We're going to be mentioning them four other times. They have five hits in 1983 that were played on K Rock. Five. Yeah. Five and- songs. Um, Duran Duran had three, Police had three, Bowie had three, Church for Fears three, The Fix three, Culture Club, five songs on this chart. That's pretty amazing considering we're already at number 33. That was my next point yeah. was like, we are going to be talking a lot about Culture Club. Yay. Okay. So, so save the rest of your facts. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. No. So because of that fact, mm-hmm. Miss Me Blind is not on the updated list, but we're going to be talking about Culture Club four more times in the next few episodes. Okay, so now we move to number 32, Blanc Mange, Living on the Ceiling. Okay, I th- is that the pronunciation? I think it's Blanc Mange. Blanc Mange. One more time. Blanc Mange. Blanc Mange. Do you know what Blanc Mange is? Do I know what it means? It sounds like white something. Blanc Mange is a sweet dessert, commonly made with milk or cream and sugar, <laughs> thickened with gelatin, cornstarch or Irish moss, and often flavored with almonds. Okay. That is blancmange. Well, I had no idea. I thought it was something made up, but... Uh, nope. Hang on. Nope, they named themselves after a dessert. Not too bad. That's, no, that's a very, very good idea. It is now uh, number 29 on the updated list. Back in the day, this song reached number seven on the UK charts. This dance song only reached number 52 on the US dance charts, which is... Weird. Hmm. I don't, the dance charts were weird back in 83. Like, this is a song that I think should have reached the top of the charts. I agree with you. For the US charts, dance charts, but you know, there were all these pop hits that were reaching the top. Yeah, as we know, as uh, maybe you should add this to your dance playlist. Maybe. From from last week. (laughs) Do you like uh, Blamage? Well, I love this song. I don't know a lot of their music. But I always loved this song. This was another quintessential K Rock song. I mean, obviously these all are because we're getting closer to the, you know, to the top. But right. this is funny. So they perform this song on top of the pops, but when the show you know the lyric up the bloody tree? Yes. Up the bloody tree. They had to change it. They had to edit it to up the cuckoo tree. I know bloody is considered you know, I guess it's a, is that a, a curse profanity, word? but yeah, I, I didn't think it was like, you know, bloody, like the F word. Bloody is a curse word. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that. Oh yeah. I mean, I thought it was actually a replacement for a curse word. Okay. Like instead of, you know, using the F word, you would say bloody. But uh, I guess in a subsequent episode of Top of the Pops, they used it as a play out mm. track and the band wasn't there, but they left the original lyric in. Do you yeah. know, do you know how to flip someone off in England? 
I forget. Back in the day, like when you use bow and arrows or something about that, like they would chop off your fingers, meaning, you know, you can't, you know, you can't, you, you can't shoot with an arrow. And so that's how someone would leave saying, Hey, look, I still got my fingers as they, as they left. Is that the history of it? Wow. That is all. That's what I've heard. I don't know if that's true, but it's on a podcast that I heard. So now, which is our podcast. And so it must be true. (laughs) It must be true. I do remember, uh, yeah, I've seen uh, Liam Gallagher do that numerous times. <laughs> I guess because we don't know, we don't use it like that here. It doesn't seem offensive when it's being done oh, to I, you. I love it. It's, I mean, when I saw Liam Gallagher do it, like oh, that's there's no doubt with that. <laughs> that's got to be some <laughs> no. obscene gesture. So that's the being bloody flipped off. All right, bloody. <laughs> here we go. All right, we're learning, learn so much here. On our podcast. And of course, uh, Blamage is still on the list at number 29. And that leads us to our final song for this episode. This is Thomas Dolby's She Blinded Me With Science. Yay! Uh, Are you happy? In 83, it was at 31. Now it's currently at number 28. Back in the day, it was number five. It hit the pop charts. Number five in the US. Yeah. Not a big hit in the UK. I know. 49. Uh, can Can you believe that? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. But this is a, an amazing song. Very happy to to finally have an appearance from Thomas we Dolby. Got, yeah, we've talked about Thomas Dolby forever. He's been appearing on videos and uh, production pretty, and exactly. musician, you know, like a backup musician for a lot of uh, the songs that we've talked about in these, in these past uh, three, four years. His influence is uh, it's all over the obvious, place. yeah. Do you know who the science guy is? Science guy is uh, Magnus Pike, an English nutritional scientist, <laughs> governmental scientific advisor, writer, and presenter. He worked for the UK Ministry of Food, the post-war <laughs> Allied Commission for Austria, and different food manufacturers. Why was he chosen for this video? Because <laughs> uh, he loves Miss Sakamoto. Oh. She's beautiful. Yes, she was. Sakamoto, you're beautiful. <laughs> it, it's great. I mean, that, I, I think that was part of the, the appeal was, was, was yeah. Magnus Pike just, you know, with his exclamation of science. <laughs> do you know that? So speaking of Miss Sakamoto, do you know why he, this is so funny and simple? He said he wrote the line, good heavens, Miss Sakamoto, because he wanted a Japanese woman to appear in the video. He said, I, this was in that same book, I Want My MTV. I was boldly ahead of the times in fetishizing Asian women. Because no one had ever fetished a Japanese woman before Thomas Dolby? Maybe not so boldly. All right. <laughs> um, the interesting thing about this song is, um, is, is Thomas Dolby saw this. He was a fan of music videos, and he came up with the, uh, the he storyboarded this this whole video without mm-hmm. even having a song. He visualized the, the song, what he wanted to do. <laughs> and then he had the song title and wrote the song to fit the video. <laughs> Crazy, right? He's so clever. I couldn't get in the, and, and brilliant. I couldn't yeah. get in the mind of that man. Yeah. It's insane. Also, you love love, right? I love love. Okay. Know that. All right. So you'll be happy to know that Thomas Dolby has been happily married to actress Kathleen Beller since 1988. I love that. Do you know Kathleen Beller from the TV show? What is she from? She was in Dynasty. Oh, okay. She played Kirby Anders. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's do uh, the quiz. I think I'm asking you this time. Oh, boy. That's right. Oh, boy. Yep. 
This yes. is exciting. Here we go. I, I am. I am so. I am so prepared. Question one: Which song by Michael Jackson contains the phrase "I'm asking him to change his ways"? Can I have the choices? Oh, come on. I know. Um, Man, the Miller. Mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Miller? <laughs> you know Barney Miller. Um, all right, Man in the Mirror, Thriller, or Bad? Man in the Mirror. That is correct. Who in the group Queen played bass guitar? Um, John Deacon, Roger Taylor, Brian May. Uh, John Deacon. Correct. <laughs> I couldn't remember his name. Born in the USA was a song by which artist? Bruce Springsteen. Very good. From which country did artist Bonnie Tyler originate? USA, Canada, or the UK? I'm actually going to have to look this one up. I, I want to say I UK. I want to say USA, but the answer is the UK. Congratulations. Thank you. Four for four. Who released the song Blue Eyes in 1982? Billy Joe, Bill Collins, Elton John. Blue Eyes? Blue Eyes. You know, baby's got blue eyes. Is that? Oh, uh, Elton John. Very good. I keep thinking of Sad Eyes by Robert John. Oh, good, good one. <laughs> Who had a hit in 1982 with the song Down Under? I'm not even going to tell you. you <laughs> then it worked. Very good. I, I keep answering these as questions because I'm used to blurting them out for Jeopardy. The song I Want to Dance with Somebody, Whitney Houston, in parentheses, Who Loves Me, was released oh. by which female artist? And you got that right, Whitney Houston. Uh, which of these artists was not a member of the Eurythmics? <laughs> the one that isn't Dave Stewart or Annie Lennox? Correct. That would be Gary Newman. Good job. <laughs> You wrote these for me today, yeah, so I'd be able to answer them, there right? There you go. Which, which song by Bruce Springsteen begins with the phrase, I was eight years old and running with a dime in my hand? And I know you don't, but I need the choices. Okay. Brilliant Disguise, My Hometown, Born in the USA. My Hometown. Very good. Mm-hmm. Who had a hit in 1984 with the song Ghostbusters? Billy Ocean, Ray Parker Jr. Ray Parker Jr. Very good. Who's the third choice? The Bus Boys. <laughs> Anyway, you have to listen to uh, Huey Lewis talk about uh, his I Want a New Drug and Ghostbusters. Look it up. You know, just because when they were looking for a hit, they wanted something like I Want a New Drug or something. And, and so they, they <laughs> anyway, <laughs> they, pretty, they pretty much ripped off I Want a New Drug to, to for do, Ghostbusters. For Ghostbusters, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I remember hearing that. Yeah. Anyway, Huey Lewis has a new album out, so he's been talking yeah. a little bit about his history, and of course, they, that Ghostbusters is always brought up. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. Did all I right. answer all 10? You did. You're 10 for 10. Congratulations. You're back on the show. Ah, thank you. <laughs> Yay. 100%. 100%. I rock. You do indeed. <laughs> okay, so that ends our show. Already? Already. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, it does. Oh. And look, we have been recording. We have. Um. <laughs> Where can you follow us? What can you do? How can you participate in the What Difference Does It Make podcast? Well, please follow us on social media. The social media outlet of your choice, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. WDDIM podcast. Yes, or What Difference Does It Make? Or you can just check out our website. Well, not just. You should do all these things, but our website is WDDIMpodcast.com. And, you know, if you sign up on our mailing list, we, uh, we can send you some yep. fun stuff. Yes, we're accumulating the list right now. Until next time, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later. Over now. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.